Did you know that you can have peaceful and productive relationships in all areas of your life? How are your relationships with your creator, with yourself, with your children, with your partner? My name is Nina Spina. I'm a family community counselor and I'm a certified positivity practitioner. I've been a parent educator and a family supporter for the past 20 years. In this time, I have gathered an amazing amount of information about what works in parenting, healthy communication, and relationships. You know what else I have found? A whole bunch of nonsense that doesn't. It pulls us away from our God-given purpose to connect with others and heaps a whole bunch of mama guilt after utilizing it. What I want to do is connect you to the great resources that are evidence-based and trauma-informed to the be of the mama who can lay her head down at night and sleep. A wife who knows she is loving in a true, authentic, godly way. For a survivor who doesn't want to just survive in life, but thrive in relationships. Come join me as I share with you stories, resources, and books that I have found to help me up-level my parenting, relationships, especially the relationship with my God and myself. If you're willing to join me, go grab a drink, mix it up, and lend me your ear. We're going to have a laugh, maybe a good cry together, and walk away from this with a little more hope that the next interaction with those we love is going to be a little more love-filled than the last one. We're talking about difficult people at work, and the first thing I wanted to share was a little story I've shared from this book before. It's one of my favorite books by Florence Littauer. It's called Silver Boxes. And so there's a little story in here and it says, these are about silver boxes. And it says, Pam shared that she felt truly worthless after she had, her second child was born. And she said, I had left my full-time management position to be at home with my children. I felt a loss of self-esteem that having my career gave me. And I succumbed to the values of a superwoman syndrome. In short, I did not value my place in the home. One day I received an unexpected note from a friend of my husband's encouraging me in my role as a full-time mom. He is a genius and a successful venture capitalist who I never thought put much value on traditional things. He likened me to the person that was on the Challenger crew member who taught school saying, I teach, therefore I teach the future. And I needed to hear that. Never underestimate the power of encouragement. Another short story they have in here is that a pastor who had not received many silver boxes told her that he had helped a girl at his church get into college. Later, she wrote him a thank you note full of compliments, and he carried it with him ever since. And he said when he feels low, he pulls it out and reads it. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is how we can be present at work. So we have this little device right here, right? And it can be a challenge because it can be distracting. It can be difficult. And so when we are at work and we're dealing with people, whether we're dealing with coworkers, whether we're dealing with people because they come into our place of employment, whether it's children, whether it's adults, we need to work on being fully present with them. So fully present means that we are stopping what we're doing. We're not multitasking. We're making eye contact we're listening. Okay. And so that can be challenging at times, right? Like if you have a deadline that's due at 11 in the morning and you're not going to get it done, you might have to say, Hey, I really want to be fully present to hear what you have to say. And also I have this deadline or, and also I have this meeting I have to go to right now. 
So remember last week we talked about saying no so we could say yes. So I'm not telling you that you have to, you know, just succumb. I know that I've been in leadership. I've been in management positions where I definitely struggled with the balance of I have my own tasks, my own responsibilities, and also I have numerous members of my team coming together that need my help. And so remembering that you need to make sure that you're setting your own healthy boundaries because when you do, then you can be more fully present for people when they come to you, right? And that's our goal. If you're in a people-helping profession, you may have appointments. You may have kids that are coming to you that you need to be fully present for. One of the things that my boss and mentor early on said in the first professional job I ever had was that all those things that happen between um, when we wake up and when we get to work, whether it's that there are, we couldn't find our kids' shoes or we didn't pack a lunch or we didn't eat breakfast, We need to leave all those things on the door when we walk in, just tap it on the wall and leave them there because the people that we're working for need us to be fully present while we're there. Okay. We can pick those things back up on our way out the door, but while we are at work, we need to be fully present. And that's true with our conversations with our coworkers. So I know for me, when I first started working in an office setting three years ago, I had never worked in an office setting. I'd worked lots of different jobs. I had been in management positions, but an actual office with a desk and a chair and an office where the door shut, I didn't work in those settings. So that was really foreign for me. And it was scary for me. It was a new environment. I remember probably the first six months I kept waiting for my boss to come in and be like, hey, Nina, we didn't mean to hire you. It was a mistake. We don't want you here. You know, you can go and do whatever you've done in the past. And that's a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? And what we need to remember is that when we got hired for that position, they hired us because they of what they saw in us, our own personal brand, right? So our unique experiences, our unique education, our unique gifts and talents, all of those things they saw when they hired us and that's what they want us to use when they show when we show up right so showing up with confidence showing up with belief my teacher dr paul makes me laugh every time we talk about work because the first thing he says and he's super animated i'm not going to be as animated as him but he's like you want to talk about work and stress you have a job think about all those people who are out there looking for a job and they don't have a job right So one of the things that I want you to do today is put in the comments what you are thankful for about your job. It could be like me. I'm pretty sure I was reflecting on it today. I think this is the closest job I've ever worked. So I joke about it being a conveyor belt because of how slow it is to drive from point A to point B. But even with that slow speed limit, it's under 10 minutes for me to get to work. And I'm pretty sure that's the closest I've ever worked to a job. So it may be that. Somebody put in the comments that their work-life balance is respected at work, and that's what they value about their job. So think about something that you're thankful for in your job. You could just jot it down on a piece of paper and um, keep that in mind. So another thing besides being present is that we have two things that we do with people when we're with them. Does anybody have any guesses as what they are? If you know what you think they might be, put them in the comments. I'll give you a second while I take a drink. So it is to send and receive or talk and listen. Those are our two jobs, right? And so one of the things that happens with communication is decoding. And so for example, and I am not technological, so you're going to have to bear with me on the whole idea of how I'm going to explain this, but we're talking right now over a computer, right? And so my computer has to take this information, 
put it into its own code, send it electronically through wires or whatever. And then it comes into your computer, it gets put in a code, and all of a sudden you see me on your screen and I'm talking to you, right? Today I chose to speak in English for our communications. Is anybody happy that I'm speaking in English for this talk? I'm really glad you are because I'm not the linguist. Will is the linguist that knows a lot of different languages, not me. So we're going to stick with English. So when we have people talking to us, what do we need to do? We need to listen. We need to listen for understanding, right? So when we listen for understanding, that means we're not listening to see when we're going to get to talk next or to prove our own point. We're listening and we're listening truly for understanding. When I grew up, I grew up in a dysfunctional way where people would talk right over the top of the other person. And if you couldn't talk over the top and send and receive at the same time, you were not welcome in the conversation. And then I got out into the real world and realized that was a really dysfunctional pattern of communication. And quite honestly, it was rude. So when we're listening to listen, we need to remember that people don't just finish their thought because they've taken half a breath. I'm an extrovert. So I taught myself the power of the pause in this. And so I would count to 10. I would actually for a while even bite my tongue inside my mouth and count to 10 to make sure that the people that I was listening to, who I truly wanted to hear what they had to say, were done talking. Remember that when we are communicating with people that there's usually a problem and that a problem can be set out on the table. Will's a master's in conflict resolution, and he's great about reminding us that the problem is here out on the table. It's not the people that are communicating that are the problem. So being able to get all that creativity and bringing it together and everybody can work on that problem together and how amazing that is, right? So being able to do that when you're listening, being able to listen to see clarification, to see what the other person is trying to say. The other part of this is that we work in a community, right? And so there's all these different personality types and all these different backgrounds and all these different communication styles. I bet if we lined up everybody in our workplace and asked how they were raised, there'd be different communication styles. Some people were raised that they needed to make eye contact to show people they were listening. Other people were raised it was disrespectful to make eye contact and so they would look down. Some people were raised that if you were given a direct command, your answer was yes, sir. Other people were raised that it was more about give and take and how do we feel about this problem and how can we come together? Sort of a negotiating style. You know, I know Anna's in a negotiating style right now and I every day, every day is a negotiation, which I know is the stage of development she's in. But it reminds me of that time where I feel like that was the, you know, that was the way that was surrounding me at times was what could you negotiate versus what someone was saying. And so everybody's coming with their own unique communication styles, listening styles, um, and then what their environment is, what they're coming from, where their experiences have been, what education do they have, right? What inadequacies and weaknesses are they coming in with that they're not so sure about? You know, if I came in as my full self and like was cheerleading and dancing and just throwing a party every time a new employee came to work, they might get a little scared and run out the door. I might be a little too much. Okay. So learning that person and learning that personality. I remember when I was first hired, I noticed a lot of people went outside to smoke, right? And I'm not a smoker, but I love being around people. And so I used to listen to this really cute video by Rachel Hollis. She's a female motivational speaker. 
And she stole this thing from Mel Robbins where Mel Robbins counts down five, four, three, two, one. And, and Rachel used it as a way to get yourself motivated. So you would count down five, four, three, two, one, and then you would jump up out of your seat and you would have music on and you would dance and you would dance and be all excited and just have this fun. And so I put it out there one day to one of my coworkers and I was like, hey, do you want to come do a dance break with me? Because I had been doing them by myself in my office. It was COVID. There was nobody around. And needless to say, I got a decline. But now, two years later in, I do have somebody who does dance breaks with me and it's sort of fun. But I'm not going to, you know, try to get the new person to do that right out of the starting gate. So we have to learn who we're working with and what type of personality they have and what their unique gifts and talents they bring to the table, right? Um, I read a book years and years ago about how to um, have skill with people. And one of the things that they say is that people don't care about how much you know unless they know how much you care. Well, being present and truly listening for understanding is going to show people that you care, right? So then the second point that we're going to talk about is talking, right? Which I love because I'm an extrovert. But when you talk, what are you sharing? How are you sharing it? And so one of the dangers of working in an office environment is gossip. Gossip is not healthy. It can be damaging. A lot of times it's not even true. And if you are willing to gossip about someone to someone else, then why wouldn't you be willing to gossip about them also, right? And don't get me wrong. I think that reality TV shows are one of the top rated shows on TV today because people want to see real life. They want to see people failing. They want to see them succeeding. They want to see all the drama. But there's no room for that in the workplace. And all it does is break down leadership and you lack integrity, right? So gossip is one of those things we don't want to do. Another thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to lie. So when I first was in management, those were my two checks. If somebody gossiped with me, I would either one, change the subject and eliminate myself from the equation, or I would actually have the conversation and say, hey, I really don't want to have this conversation. And I wouldn't talk about you with someone else like this. Okay. So we just don't want to gossip. And then the other thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to lie. Now, this doesn't mean you need to tell all the nine steps of all the things either, but it means that we, when we say something or we say we're going to do something that we do it with integrity, right? So we want to make sure that our communication is healthy, that we're doing it in a healthy way, that we're communicating what, who we are and what we need and also doing it in a way that's respectful. One of the things that I'm not great about is that when I get on a task-oriented thing and I need help, I might walk into a situation where someone's doing something else and not even realize that they're completely not there for me. And so I've had to learn that I have to say, hey, do you have a minute? Hey, is this a bad time? Do you have a minute to talk? Or team message and say, hey, to one of my leaders, let me know when I could stop by and have five minutes. So being able to communicate in a healthy way is going to make for a better positive workplace environment. So I have some homework assignments for you. Number one, I want you to write down every day this week, five things that you're thankful for about your job. And it can even be the hard stuff, but five things you're thankful for and just jot them down. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to smile. I want you to find five times throughout the week where you can just look at someone and randomly smile. And you know what would be super fun is if you could just dot down the reactions that you get. I know for me during COVID, I had to wear a mask and I couldn't smile. And it was so hard because even though I started interpreting 
interpreting smiles around people's eyes. It was just super hard. And now I have smile. I smile everywhere. I smile at my members. I smile when people walking down the hall. I smile all the time. And I even have a friend at work and sometimes I forget to smile and she'll be like, Nina, smile. And my smile will come back. So smiling is super important. And I have to tell you, Dolly Parton is one of my favorite actresses, one of my favorite singers of all times. And in one of the movies, she says, if you see someone without a smile, give them yours. And I think that's really true. So smile. The last thing that I want to tell you about is the ability to work hard. So it's, it's, I got it. And so the, I got it behind it is looking for something at your work this week that you don't normally do and saying, I got it and just taking care of it. Now, the example in, um, the story I read was about the, the parking lot. Somebody walks in and says, oh, the parking lot looks a wreck. It's not your responsibility. And you just say, I got it. And you go grab a grocery bag and you go pick up the parking lot. I know recently I share a van with other people at work. And now by all means, I did not detail it. Will got his van detailed for Father's Day as a gift. And boy, is detailing a whole different thing. But I vacuumed it and I wiped it down and I made it look nice again. Um, which was a little self-serving because I'm in it too, but I also did it because I share it with other people and I wanted it to be nice for them. So just finding a way to, I got it. I know we have a water cooler at work and frequently it'll need the water bottle changed and I'll just change it. So finding a way that you can just be a productive thing outside of your work. You might have sometimes jobs that your company will put out and say, hey, is there anybody who can do this today? And you could say, I got it. Finding a way to say, I got it this week and being helpful. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is there's all these different personality types at work, right? And so I love personality types. I've read tons of books on the personality types. There's personality X, Y, minus X versus Y. There's Myers-Briggs, which is like the, I think the original personality test. There's a red, blue, yellow one, color one that's really popular right now. And then there's a different red, blue, yellow one by Dr. Rohn that I studied years ago that I loved. There's also... The Enneagram is super popular right now. But the reason why you would look at one of these tests and learn about your personality is because you can then see what unique gifts and talents you bring to the table. Another unique part about this, especially with the one that I did with Dr. Rohn, was that Jesus is a part of all four quadrants. So if you look at my paper, I've drawn the quadrants right here. And so on the top half, you have outgoing. And on the bottom half, you have in, uh, introverted. And then over here, you have task. And then over here, you have people. And when you combine them, you get different colors. And so if you're outgoing and you're task-oriented, you're red. And if you're outgoing and you're people-oriented, you're yellow. And I remember that because I was yellow, like a shiny star. And then if you're people-oriented, but you're introverted, which is people in helping professions, people in the medical profession, teachers, can be that color. Um, people who help people like through healing and learning about things that help people, that's green. And so they're people oriented, but they're also introverted. And then the last quadrant is introverted people who are task oriented. And so computer programmers, people who write curriculum, people who do things that don't necessarily work with people every day. And so no, learning about those color personalities was a big eye-opener for me, but as I've matured and educated myself over the last 20 years, I know that although I am very extroverted and I do gain injury from being around people, I also can re-energize from being alone and that it is healthy to be alone and to have quiet time. 
I know that I do enjoy being around people. And so that's where I try to focus my job. But I also can complete tasks very well and do them with efficiency and in a complete manner that people can understand the document. So being able to see your strengths, we all come with strengths and weaknesses, right? That difficult person at work has strengths and weaknesses. We have strengths and weaknesses. We might be that difficult person at work. Being able to see what those are and then being able to learn how we can do better, right? So we are going to take some deep breaths now because we have worked really hard for the last 20 minutes. And so we're going to take some deep breaths to just sort of relax and process everything we've learned. So we're going to breathe in. And we're going to hold it for two and we're going to breathe out slowly. And we're going to breathe in. And hold for one, two, and breathe out slowly. And then we're going to breathe in. And we're going to hold it for one, two, and we're going to breathe out slowly. Doesn't that feel better? Like my head feels lighter. My shoulders don't feel as tense. Doesn't that feel nice? So I just want to thank you so much for coming to my masterclass. This is my last masterclass before I graduate next Tuesday. And it's been a real journey. If you want to have more information about my coaching, um, what I do and part of what I shared today is that we have a circumstance and then we have a feeling. So like you're driving, someone cuts you off and you're like, I was driving and someone cut me off and I'm mad, but there's a thought in the middle there. And so what I help people with individual private coaching is how to separate their thoughts and feelings and then see how that affects their actions and results. And it's not just with workplace drama. I can help people with self-care, with personal relationships, whether it's with your spouse or with your family or with your children. If you had health goals or athletic goals and you needed to work through mindset on that, I can also help with that. I'm going to have a master's level certification as a positivity practitioner. And I also have a certification from my master's in motivational interviewing. And so I help you to figure out what you can think and feel and how you can change the actions and results that you'd like to have. So if you'd like to hear for more information about my coaching program, you can book a call with me and then we can go over more about what I do with my um, individual coaches. 